Hello and welcome to the Contentment Theory Podcast. I'm your host Eve Giovanna and together we're going to navigate this overwhelming modern world by discussing topics such as spirituality, mental health, enjoying your own company and much more. All in the hopes that you can find some contentment and inner peace with your authentic self. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode, I hope you're all doing well. I have had a few messages, or quite a lot of messages I should say, on social media recently um, for people telling me that they've been listening to this podcast and so I thought I would just say hi, welcome if you're new and thank you so much for taking time out to listen to my podcast, I really appreciate it. So today I wanted to have a discussion and share some tips and advice on how to be more present. Now, the reason I wanted to do this episode is, well, there's many reasons why I want to do this episode, but the number one main reason is because I've noticed how much more content I am in my day-to-day life and in the long term since I've been learning how to be more present. Now, the second big reason is because I have this mantra that I live by and if somebody said, what is the one piece of advice you could give one million people, this is what I would say about happiness if you always look to the future for happiness you'll never find it because the future doesn't exist and the only moment we have is now and what I mean by this is most people in life have things that they want they have goals that they want to achieve so for example a person could want to um, get into a relationship or they could want a promotion at work or they want to buy a new car and therefore they'll say to themselves well you know when I get these things that is when I'll be happy so that is the future But the future doesn't actually exist because we're never living in the future. We're always living in the present moment. So if you're always waiting for the future to be happy and to be content, then you never will be because we're never living in the future. We're just, we've only just got this moment right now. I am going to dissect that mantra a lot more and talk about the reasoning behind it. But I thought first I would start off with sharing a definition of what it means to be more present to get us into the headspace of what I'm talking about. So I went on the Headspace website and now if you don't know what Headspace is, it is, I suppose it's a website and an app that offers guided meditation and there's a lot more, there's like podcasts and things like that on there, but it just helps you be more present and gives like practical tips and advice on how to be more present in your day-to-day life. Now, Headspace says, on the most basic level, being present means being focused on one thing, a conversation, a project, a task in hand, without distraction, without wanting to be somewhere else, without being in your head and lost in thought. Now, I think unfortunately the modern world doesn't exactly facilitate us being present in our day-to-day lives because, you know, many reasons, the capitalism, consumerism, the hedonic treadmill, normalisation of multitasking, and basically all of these things are just telling us that we need more, more, more to make us happy and make us content. Now, there's one specific thing that I wanted to talk about that I learned about and it has, you know, completely blown my mind and changed the way that I look at things and how it is really important for us to try and be happy and content with what we have right now and try to be present with it. Now, this is the hedonic treadmill, also known as hedonic adaptation. So I'm going to give you a definition if you don't know what it is. Hedonic adaptation or hedonic treadmill, whatever you want to call it, 
is an adaptation level phenomenon, which is a term that describes how humans become insensitive to new stimuli and quickly readjust to an emotional baseline. Therefore, the stimulus needed to create an emotion, like happiness or excitement, needs to be more intense than the last stimuli in order for someone to feel its effect. Let me give you an example. So, let's say when you first learn how to drive, you get a car, and that is the most exciting thing in the world. And for a while, that fills you with happiness, excitement, contentment, joy. But then after a while, after a few years, you've been driving, you become desensitised to the fact that once upon a time, you were so excited to be able to drive, to be able to have a car, and therefore you want to get a bigger, better, more expensive car, a faster car. So therefore, to feel that excitement and that joy and that happiness again, you're going to need something that is bigger and better to feel those emotions again basically now if you think about it if you spend a lot of your life looking for this or searching for this new happiness or excitement you know the new car the promotion the relationship because you've become desensitized to your current life situation which once you may have only dreamed of then this makes you feel like you're always looking to the future for happiness because you're never really quite content with your current situation which is the present moment. Now, if you think about it, there's always a bigger, better version of what you want. So again, this could be a job promotion, a better car, a bigger house. Um, So you could spend your whole life chasing bigger and better things and never be fully satisfied. And therefore, you never really want to live in the present moment because you're never satisfied with your current set of circumstances. I'm not going to pretend that I have come up with these theories and thoughts and concepts and philosophies on my own. I learned about this from these two guys called The Minimalists, if you've heard of them. I'm not going to go into too much detail about them, but I did want to mention them because I think if you're anything like me and you have similar values and you're on that same spiritual journey, then you will really appreciate these guys and you can learn so much from them. So The Minimalist brought a documentary on Netflix, I'd probably say about 10 years ago, and this documentary is called Minimalism, a documentary about the important things. Now you hear about these people in society that have gone through this journey where they've had it all, so they've had like the best cars, the best houses, they've climbed with the career ladder and they've got the best job and they're always chasing this like next best thing, but then they have it all, they get to the top and they're not happy. Um, and they're just unfulfilled. And this is what happened to the minimalists. So this documentary is partly about their exploration and their journey from having it all but being so unhappy and discontented to having a lot less but feeling a lot more contented and basically living a meaningful life with a lot less than they had. You know, there's a lot more to the documentary but that is essentially one of the things that they do explore and if you find yourself in a place in life where you always seem to be never happy or content with your set of circumstances and you're always wanting more and the grass is you always feel like the grass is greener on the other side this is the documentary for you and 
yeah, it just really gets you thinking. I just wanted to add a little contradictory side note because I do believe that two things can exist at the same time. So I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting bigger and better things. I don't think there's anything wrong with having like long-term goals and wanting to change your life because obviously there are things in my life that I would like to be different or I would like to change. But uh, the point that I'm trying to make is that it's always good to just take a moment and sit down and ask yourself, am I constantly in this cycle of nothing ever being good enough? And I'm always thinking, oh, well, I'll be happier once I get this or I'll be happier once I move on to this next thing. Now, there are a few things that can help you step away from the hedonic treadmill. And I'm not going to go into massive detail because I feel like I'm slightly getting away from the essence of the essence of this episode. However, it is relevant and this is a piece of the jigsaw puzzle about what helped me on my journey to being more present in my day-to-day life. So the first thing that I would say, and I feel like I say this all the time, but it has been a massive spiritual revelation for me, letting go of control and accepting where you're at in life right now, regardless of your circumstances and letting go of this notion of once I have these certain things, that is when I will be when I will be content and happy. Now don't get me wrong, I don't feel like this all the time. I'm not always 100% happy to just completely accept the circumstances that I am in and, you know, have good days and bad days. But what I will say is, since I have adopted this mindset, I am definitely more content and I am more happy. What I'm learning about life as well is that life is a journey and not a destination. So, your happiness and your contentment will fluctuate throughout life. You know, you'll get to a certain point where you think, okay, right, well, I think I've got most of the things that I want now. But then, you know, a few years later, you'll want different things. And then you'll be at a point again where you're like, oh, actually, I want to get more towards this other point. So what I'm saying is, yeah, life doesn't have this one destination that we all are trying to really quickly get to. It's all about enjoying the journey along the way with whatever circumstances that you have. You know, I think one of the reasons I became a lot more happier and a lot more content is because the inner conflict that I felt began to go away. And what I mean by this is, I feel like a lot of us have this, you know, inner voice living inside us making us worry and question things all the time. Whereas, you know, when you just accept things for what they are and let go of control somewhat, a lot of that inner voice and the inner conflict becomes quieter and you can focus more on, you know, just enjoying the present moment. Okay, so this segues nicely into what I wanted to speak about next, which is a really famous book called The Power of Now, by Eckhart Tolle. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. I think I am though. So this book is essentially spiritual alignment and, you know, as it explains, it is about the power of now, the power of being in the present. And one of Eckhart Tolle's lessons in this book is any pain you feel is resistant resistance to the things you can't change and you know like I was saying before so much of my inner conflict came from things that I couldn't control and I couldn't change so let me give you an example and this is an example that is going on right now in my life so I am starting my new job on Monday and I'm going to be real honest with you I don't want to start this job but 
I need to do it because obviously I need money. I need to survive. So, you know, in the process of gaining this job, I think I have had some inner conflict going on inside because I am resistant to the fact that I cannot control or change my circumstances. But I've just had to sit myself down and say, look, right now, you know, there's not really much you can change or control about this situation because you need this job to survive, to have money for food and, you know, to exist. So you need to just accept that right now, you know, that is something that you can't control, unfortunately. And that's not, this is not what is going to be happening forever. But right now, if you just accept that and, a lot of my inner conflict has and pain has gone away because I've just accepted my circumstances. Now, before I delve deeper into Eckhart Tolle's book and the lessons that I learned from it, I just wanted to say that this book is powerful and life-changing. However, I find sometimes with books like this that they can have sweeping statements in them like, all of your suffering will be gone once you adopt this mindset. And if I'm being completely honest, I don't think that's true. I think that it will be weird if you never experienced any suffering or difficult times in your life because that is just part of the human experience. But when I first read this book or books similar to this that had these sweeping statements in, I felt bad about myself because I wasn't constantly in this like mindset of, you know, complete happiness and joy once I had read this book. So I just don't want you to feel bad about yourself if you read a book like this and you think that, oh, well, I'm not 100% changed by this because I just don't think that anybody can ever be 100% like happy and content all the time. I just think, you know, your life fluctuates, you know, you have your ups and your downs and that's completely normal. Okay, now I'm going to talk about what Eckhart Tolle says about what stops us being in the present. So, Eckhart Tolle says that when we're constantly worrying about our thoughts and judging them, that stops us being in the present. And to alleviate some of the pain, we can try and observe our thoughts rather than judging them. Now, this kind of relates to what I was saying, I think, in my last episode or maybe the one before that. I basically spoke about how so much of our anxiety comes from worrying about the thoughts that we have but we are not our thoughts and they're just something that happened to us this is because our brains have developed thoughts as an evolutionary safety mechanism so when our brains are firing it firing away thoughts at us they're just playing out potential dangerous scenarios to have us prepare for any potential dangerous situations that may happen but we live in the modern world where our dangers are significantly reduced. So our brains are just basically working on overdrive and firing away all these potentially dangerous scenarios and making us worry. But so many of these scenarios will never happen. Obviously, thoughts are, do have other functions as well, but that is one of the functions that they have. So therefore, I think it does as well to not become so engaged in our thoughts and we should just... in observe them instead or try to observe them at least so let me give you an example going back to talking about me and starting my new job obviously I have had some um, worries about my new job and that's just my brain trying to 
look at potential dangerous scenarios about my new job like is my new job going to put me in any danger but I know I am 99.9% sure that when I go and start this job everything will be absolutely fine so I'm choosing not to engage in those worrying thoughts so much or should I say I'm choosing to engage less in them because I don't believe that you can 100% disengage from your thoughts because they are something that is happening to you pretty much all the time. But I do think that sometimes you can choose to disengage from them a little bit. I was looking on YouTube and I have actually found a summary of The Power of Now. So if you're a little bit interested in reading the book, but you can't actually be bothered to read the book yet then I'll leave a link in the show notes for this summary because it'll give you a good idea of what you will learn about in the book. Okay, so the next segment of the podcast is going to be me giving practical tips and advice on how to be more present, how to ground yourself in the moment. So the first thing that I would advise, and I feel like a broken record because I said this all the time, but I do think it is amazing, um, is practicing gratitude. So If you, every day or most days, write down in a notebook or journal a couple of small moments that you've really enjoyed in the day. You know, this could be um, going for a walk and the sun came out and it was beautiful. Or you went for a coffee with a friend and you really enjoyed the coffee. could be many things. And what I find is really helpful is when you're having these moments of gratitude. So say, for example... This is a good one because this happens to me quite a lot. I'm sat outside, I'm having a coffee, the sun is shining, I'm reading a book. I like to just be fully present in that moment and really appreciate, you know, the sensory experience that is going on. So like the sun's warm on my face, the coffee tastes really nice, you know. And this means that, you know, when you are having these couple of moments a day where you are practicing gratitude you are really present because you're really focusing on that moment that you're having I do find that it is kind of like a mindset a muscle you've got to like practice it so you know at first you might find it difficult but then once you've been doing it for a week or so then you're I find that my brain is in this kind of mindset where I'm looking for those small moments of gratitude every day now and it, yeah, it's just really helpful in making me feel grounded um, at a couple of points throughout the day. I do think as well that when you're taking a moment or two throughout the day to appreciate what I like to call these small glimmers of joy, that you're not just mindlessly going throughout your day without even thinking about what you're doing because I do think that sometimes you know when you get into a routine um we we can just sort of be playing out the motions of the day and not actually thinking about what we're doing so it's nice to just have a couple of moments where you know you're really grounded and present throughout the day okay so my next tip is going to be about phones and social media and I know it's really annoying when people say to you like oh well if you just going your phone less and you'll probably be happier but it is actually true unfortunately and yeah I have found that when I'm engaging less in social media and going on my phone less I am happier I am more present um so more practical tips about phones and social media 
I found that having time limits on social media is quite helpful. So I actually recently downloaded this app and let me just check on my phone what it's called. So it's called Screen Zen and it basically helps you fine tune how long you want to spend on the apps on your phone. And it's so funny. So when you click on the app, it'll say, it'll ask you a question like, why are you checking this? Why are you going on this? It's almost like questioning you. And it helps me because I'll, I'll mindlessly like go on an app on my phone um, with like no intention of why I want to go on it. And then it'll be like, why are you checking it? And it just helps me be a bit more intentional with the way that I use my phone don't get me wrong I'm not perfect like I do have some days where I am definitely on my phone a lot more but I do think having apps like this screens then are helpful in just like being a bit more intentional with like social media use and reducing your screen time also screens then is free which is amazing really so yeah if you need help with reducing the amount that you're going on social media, then download ScreenZen and it's very helpful. One other thing that I found as well is that, actually two other things, sorry. One thing is putting my phone in another room. So say I am working from home and I'll be at my desk in my room, then I will put my phone downstairs and I find that so useful because then it is literally out of my reach. I don't know about you guys, but my body does this really weird thing where it autom- I automatically just like reach my phone. Like when there's a moment where I don't know, like I'm bored or I'm not doing anything, but then when my phone's actually not there to grab and pick up, the temptation is taken away. And I know that a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's good to have your phone on you all the time in case emergencies happen, but I just don't, for me personally, I just don't really want to live in that mindset where I'm constantly thinking like emergencies are going to happen because like what did people used to do when there was just landlines? I don't know. Although what I will say is I know people have kids and they will want to keep the phone on them all the time. But you know, if that's something that resonates with you, it, it definitely helps me. Okay, so another tip about phones which I have found so useful, turning off my push notifications. If you don't know what push notifications are, it's basically just the notifications that you get on your phone when you get a text, when you get a notification from like Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is. And it has just helped me so much in so many ways because I find that when I'm getting all of these notifications on my phone, I'm constantly... Anytime I'd get a notification on my phone, I'd just grab my phone. Um, even if it was literally like something that was so unimportant that somebody like liked my picture on Instagram or whatever. I don't think I'm going to go into detail. I'll give reasons why reducing social media intake and reducing screen time helps us be more present because I think we're all very aware of how that works. Okay, so my next tip is spend more time in nature. Now, I did not grow up a granola girl. I did spend some time in nature growing up, but not loads. I think I only started spending proper time in nature and really appreciating nature this past year or so. I actually got one of those memories on TikTok, you know, those one year memories that say, basically, I went on a day out in the Peak District last year in November on my own. And that was the first time I went on a solo granola girl adventure and 
it may sound silly, but that experience completely has changed my life. And it was, it was actually magical to be honest, because I just didn't realize the power of how good nature can make you feel and what it can do for you and how like reconnecting to nature has actually healed me so much. Now, the reason why I'm advising to go spend more time in nature to feel more present and grounded is because I found that when I spend time in nature, I'm always thinking about like my senses, you know, like how does the earth smell and how do like how beautiful do the trees look and when you're engaging in your senses that helps you be more present and be more grounded and when I'm say in a forest I'm just like in awe of my surroundings and I am so present and so grounded but saying all that I know that none of us like live a walk away from a forest I definitely don't I live near a park the park's about 15 minutes away from me so what I do when I'm not going out on these big adventures is I'll just try and make a little bit of time each day or maybe not each day but regularly to go and go to the park maybe sit on a bench or sit on the grass and just have five minutes to take in my surroundings so I'll just look at the trees and I'll smell the earth and it helps me feel so calm and grounded and makes me realise that, you know, all of the stresses of the modern world make us forget that we are nature and that we can take time to just stop and be and not do anything. Yeah, nature is healing and life-changing and magical. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about was multitasking. Now, I don't think that all types of multitasking is bad. I just think it's like good to be mindful about when you are multitasking. So I used to be a teaching assistant and if anybody's listening to this and has been a teaching assistant, you will know that you are constantly multitasking throughout the day and I would be doing like three things all day, like three different three different things all day. And it made me feel so burnt out and frazzled and I just wasn't present at all throughout the day. I did not feel calm. I did not feel grounded. And it took me quite a long time to kind of stop myself multitasking constantly. I've not been a teaching assistant for about, I think it's like two, two years now. And it's taken me quite a long time to disengage from multitasking constantly. But what I will say is I don't think multitasking all the time is totally bad. Like sometimes I'll, you know, go on a walk and listen to a podcast or I'll watch TV and crochet. I just think it's when you're trying to do like three big tasks at once, that is when it stops you from being grounded and present. So that brings me on to what I was going to say next, which is I feel like I used to quite a lot always have like podcasts and music playing and it was just always a distraction from being in the present moment and don't get me wrong I I don't think it's like it's not bad to listen to podcasts or music obviously I do listen to podcasts and music but I think it was an issue for me when I was doing it all the time like constantly you know from the moment I woke up to the moment I was going to sleep and it was just 
really distracted me from being in the present moment. I think sometimes it's nice to go on a walk and not listen to music or podcasts. So for example, I think it was a, it was a while ago now, I went, I went on a day out in the Peak District and I just decided that I was like, I'm not going to listen to any music or podcasts today just to see what it's like. And I absolutely loved the experience because I was so much more present and engaged with everything around me. And I don't know, it just felt so good. And from now on, whenever I do go on like a big walk or a big hike, I won't listen to podcasts or music. So, you know, it's just good to examine your relationship with how much you are listening to podcasts and music and things to distract you from the present moment. So my next tip is meditate and practice yoga it may seem really obvious but I just thought you know it's definitely worth mentioning so there's two things that I do to meditate I use the headspace app which I find is really good for helping you with guided meditations it's for all abilities and what I found with meditation is when I first started meditating like a really long time ago like eight years ago at first I kind of, when I had a thought or when there was like a lot of thoughts going on in my mind when I was trying to meditate, I was like, oh, I'm not doing this right. But actually, sometimes you will sit down to meditate and it's not going to feel really calm and peaceful. It's You are going to have a lot of thoughts going through, your, going through your mind. So just bear that in mind when you do start meditating because you're not just going to sit down and straight away have a completely clear mind. I've been meditating for eight years and sometimes I sit down and I have so many thoughts and so many feelings and I'm just like, well, maybe that wasn't the best meditation session, but that's okay. But then sometimes you'll sit down and you'll have the most like calming, magical meditation session where you feel so calm and so grounded and so present. So just bear that in mind when if you are starting your meditation journey or if you're finding that you think you're quote unquote like not doing it right it's all just about making the effort to take you know five or ten minutes out of your day and then sometimes it can be really helpful and then maybe sometimes it's not so helpful and that's okay as well the second way in which I meditate is I use meditations from Yoga with Adrian YouTube channel. Now, Yoga with Adrian is basically, you, you obviously, you will know her because she's like the most famous yoga teacher on YouTube. And I love her meditations. They're just nice and short and sweet. They're really calm and they're really grounding. And I love her having her guide me through those meditations. I'll leave a link in the show notes um, of an example of the ones that I would do. Also, going back to talking about yoga, I use Yoga with Adrian's YouTube channel and I do her yoga classes as well because I just find them really accessible and there's so many different videos for all different abilities and she doesn't make you feel like you don't belong there. She just makes you feel like, you know, everyone should be here and yoga is for everyone, basically. And I find that when I am practicing yoga more often, I do feel more calm. I do feel more grounded. I do feel more present. Okay, so 
I think that's it for my tips and advice. But what I wanted to say is, and what I will leave you with is you're not going to be present all the time and that's okay. I think it's impossible and to think that you're going to be present all the time because it's it's just not possible and that's okay. Second thing is it takes time and practice to cultivate this mindset and, you know, go easy on yourself and just remember that, you know, even if you just have one moment in the day where you're really present, then you should be so proud of yourself. And also with all these tips and advice, I definitely don't do all of these every single day, but I just think the way that it works for me is trying to be consistent with these things. So you don't have to do them every day, but just try and aim to do a few every day and that will help you feel more calm and more grounded and more present. As I said throughout the episode, I will leave a link in the show notes for the YouTube videos I've spoken about, about the minimalism documentary. Okay, so I'm going to end the episode there, but thank you so much if you have taken your time and attention to listen to this podcast. I am really grateful. I hope you've enjoyed it. And, you know, if you've got any questions or anything, or you want me to talk about a particular topic, then DM me on my socials and I'll see what I can do. Okay, see you next time thank you so much for listening i'm new to this world of podcasting generally putting myself out there on social media so if you have any comments feedback or questions please contact me on my socials instagram and tiktok so my handle is evegiovanna underscore that's e-v-e-g-i-o-v-a-n-n-a underscore and if you found value or enjoyed this episode i would be grateful if you shared this with a friend or left a review